0: Broadcasting live high atop the Sunset Strip, deep in the heart of Tinseltown, via the World Wide Web at
1: www.edamrocksradio.com It's the Edom Rocks Radio Show. Oh, my goodness. And now your host, Son Edom, And welcome to another edition of what I like to call from nonsense to God Sense as we take a look at some of the issues going on in society today from a biblical perspective. And joining us is Anne White. Founder and executive director of Courage for Life. She is also the author of the book Courage for Life Discover a Life Full of Confidence, Hope, and Opportunity. And Anne, thanks so much for joining us here today.
0: Thank you, Son, for having me. It's great to be with you.
1: And in our society today, we can be so busy and have such crazy lives that oftentimes we feel overwhelmed. We feel like we can barely keep our heads above water. And sometimes we feel there's no end in sight that this is going to be our plight maybe forever. But we don't have to feel that way, do we? Is there a way for us to have courage to make change?
0: Absolutely. You know, God didn't tell us that we weren't going to have uh, issues and problems. As a matter of fact, he said, we are going to have trials in this life. But he said, I'll be with you everywhere you go. And that's one thing that I learned my, you know, by trial and error so often. uh, I know there are a lot of other people out there that are just like me that kind of take it on our own and try to make it uh, just in our own strength for so long and then God finally lets us get to the end of ourselves where we can no longer do it by ourselves because we it is true. We can't do this without Him. So it really boils down to where we put our focus. And when I started putting my focus on God's word and starting my day when prayer and in, you know, just digesting the word of truth into my life, I began to gain more courage to turn it over, to be, to not be as overwhelmed, to realize that God's going to help me get through this.
1: The first step towards change always seems to be the hardest. Anytime we want to move forward, it's taking that initial step. So if someone wanted to take those first steps to take control of their life and start tackling those issues that come their way, uh, what should they do?
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, God took me, through some basic yet necessary steps about seven years ago. And that's what really led me to write the book because I wanted to really help others who are struggling, no matter whether they're struggling in their relationships or they're struggling at their work or wherever that struggle is coming from. I wanted to help them walk through similar steps that I'd walked through because God really delivered me from that kind of bondage that I've been dragging around with me for so long. And the very first, That he took me through was making a commitment. You know how we'll, at the beginning of the year, we'll have our New Year's resolutions, and within 30 days or so, they're usually out the window. I know that's been my case, but you know, God really just convicted me that I had to make a commitment to change the things that He was calling me to change in my life. So as, you know, we walk walk through with women at risk that we work with, whether they're in our shelters or many of the women we work with in jails and prison systems. The very first step is making that commitment to change. We call it the C-step. C-step encourage, make a commitment to change. And then we're going to begin taking steps after that to see how we can begin implementing those changes and overcome some of the obstacles that often get in our way.
1: You mentioned the women at risk that you work with. You know, Compare them to, let's say, somebody that might not be at risk, kind of just living a normal life. Is there? Do you find more motivation behind people that are at risk to want to change more and be more dramatic in their life than, say, somebody that might be just kind of living a, a normal life but still struggling with them some things? It's almost like the more we are in trouble, the more we want to change. If life's going good, we don't really want to make those changes because eh, it's not really bothering us. Does that make sense? Absolutely.
0: You're, you're right about that. And I was very much that way. We kind of get comfortable in our lives and, you know, can kind of coast. And God's kind of, like I said, lets us get to the end of ourselves. He'll allow trials and tribulations oftentimes to come our way to get our attention, that we need to get a few things fixed in our lives. I know I struggled with some things in childhood, and I carried that excess kind of emotional baggage along with me through my teenage years on into my young adult years, my marriage, my raising kids and even my, all of my adult life, until that six years ago, I finally got to that place where I didn't. So when I speak of at-risk women, there are at-risk women sitting in our pews. There are next door neighbors. There, we're, we're everywhere. And really, truly, we're all at risk to be tempted and to be tried and to go through difficult times. We live in a difficult culture and it's pulling at us from every direction. So we don't want to be complacent. We don't want to be lukewarm. And we don't really want God to have to allow us to go through some really difficult trial to bring us closer to him, but quite often that's what has to happen.
1: Ann White is with us, the founder and executive director of Courage for Life, also the author of the book Courage for Life, Discover a Life Full of Confidence, Hope, and Opportunity. And one of the things that I've noticed people say over the years growing up in the church, for example, is that when you start to look at the needs of others and you try to help them, then the focus comes off of us and our problems. So I would think that, you know, one of the things that we can do to kind of help ourselves find balance and to help take control of our lives is to have compassion on others and what they're going through, kind of like, you know, working with women at risk and things like that. Helping others helps us. Well, son, that's
0: certainly been true in my life. And as I began to heal and find just a newfound freedom in my relationship with the Lord. I had been a Christian since I was 19 years old, but really had not been discipled properly and uh, did not really grow in my strength and understanding of God and, you know, my relationship with Him for years, really until my mid forties. But as I did, and as you go through that, you really want to share it with others. Once you've received some healing and some freedom, you really want others to know about it. And every time I go out there and I, I speak to women, whether it's in a speaking engagement or whether I'm working one-on-one with an at-risk woman that's incarcerated or so forth, what I'm finding is while I'm pouring out and I'm wanting to help that other person, God is healing my heart in numerous ways in the process. So every time we go out and reach out, we're being healed as well. So it is a very important part of our healing process that we share with others. And God calls us to come alongside. He doesn't want us to walk through this life alone. We're to pray for one another that we might be healed, lift one another up, sharpen one another. His word is full of those one another's that we're called to be a part of.
1: You know, you mentioned uh, working with the women at risk. And one of the things I was thinking about while you were talking is that I think one, You'd have to have a strong foundation, it sounds like. You know, when you're talking about we all have struggles throughout the our lives that we bring with us, and and then sometimes God takes us to a point where we struggle so much that we can only rely on him. But it sounds like, one, we need to get into a place where we have a strong foundation. But then, two, it's almost like we have to have a strong trust, maybe a trust in somebody that's kind of mentoring us or leading us, a strong trust in our faith and what we believe in, and then a strong trust in God as well. So it's like like a strong foundation and a strong trust combined to kind of help us overcome some of these problems that we might be facing.
0: You know, God's Word is the foundation, and it's a filter that we can filter all of life through. And what I love about His Word is the fact that He's given us numerous examples of men and women who've walked this journey of life before us with courageous faith, faith that we can be inspired and encouraged by. And so it is, the bottom line is faith and trust. You know, before, when I was wanting to hold on to my problems and I kept saying, you know what, I can fix this. I can fix my kids. I can fix my marriage. I can fix myself. Um, Even though I knew the Lord was there, I still felt like that, you know, I had to be in control. But I finally had to surrender. I finally had to admit. It was actually, and I write about this in the book Courage for Life is that whole experience of me coming to the end of myself. I was actually in Israel overlooking the Sea of Galilee and I just hit the floor and I said, Lord, it's all falling apart and I can no longer handle this. And he literally just gave me the courage to give it up and to actually come out of hiding and isolation and tell someone and seek help to get to where I am today, which is just Uh, been a whirlwind of change in my life, but it takes that initial surrender and trusting God to say, God, I don't know what you're going to do with this or where I'm going to end up, but that's okay. I know you've got me and I know you've got this and no matter what, I'm going to be okay.
1: Yeah, I know one of the hardest things is for us to stop trying to fix everything, including ourselves. We want to be in control. And like you mentioned, you know, just giving it over to God, because sometimes if we're in control, we're not going to be living the life that he has planned for us. So, if we give him mm-hmm. the control and we make those changes, then we start to live the life that he wants us to and has planned for us as well.
0: Yes. You know, Galatians 5 1 tells us it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And we're supposed to stand firm in that freedom and not be subject to the yoke of slavery anymore. And as long as we're trying to hold on to control, we aren't truly living in freedom. I know that sounds you know, counterintuitive to a lot of us. It was certainly for me for many years, but since I've really, I've, you know, I tell people when I'm in speaking engagements or in, you know, anything and just counseling per se, I'll say, if you'll just open your hands and say, Lord, you know, just, just do with me what, what your will is. Take me where you want to go. Open the doors that need to be open, close the doors that need to be closed. And he will do it. If you truly surrender, your will and your ways to the Lord, He will help guide your every step. And that's truly been significant in my life. And that's what led me to birthing a ministry, writing several books that I would have you know, never dreamed of writing. I, I was not an English ma- major by far. Matter of fact, I barely made it through English in high school. But when God calls you to do something, He equips you to do it. And so you just begin this wonderful adventure when you truly lay your will down and Go where the Lord calls you
1: to go. Ann White is with us. She is the founder and executive director of Courage for Life, also the author of the book Courage for Life, Discover a Life Full of Confidence, Hope, and Opportunity. And Anne, one of the things that I like that you write in the book is that we have to replace worldly lies with spiritual truth. It seems like way too often uh, we don't want to believe, well, we uh, do want to believe, actually, uh, what we're told even if it goes against what the Bible says, and oftentimes the Bible or the Bible's way can be, it kind of gets jumbled, so to speak. You know, do we want to believe what's going on in the world? We want to believe what the Bible has to say. Sometimes it clashes, sometimes it mixes, but we have to continue to strive for the gospel truth and kind of ignore, like you wrote in the book, those worldly lies and replace them with the spiritual truth. Most definitely. You know,
0: son, when we're growing up, we're sponges and we absorb more of what we observe, even more so than what we're taught. So often we watch our parents and we pick up, you know, our traits and our belief systems and so forth through those things. They'll come up with slogans or, and I've said them to our kids too, and sometimes those become the gospel truth over the gospel. And as an adult, I really had to go through this exercise as I was, you know, working through counseling and kind of unpacking all of the baggage that I carried for so many years. I this was a step I had to do. So this became the R step in courage that replaced worldly lies with scriptural truth. We number one, we have to identify and I even write out the top twenty worldly lies we believe, whether it's, you know, I've got to I've got to perform in order to be valuable. You know, God says I'm valuable. He made me valuable. He created me in such a way that I'm valuable to Him. I am valuable in this world because I was created by Him. So we replace it with scriptural truth, and so that's just an exercise we go through in an entire chapter is saying what worldly lies have we adopted along the way? You know that maybe um, I need to put up with this situation or whatever, and how can we replace it with God's word when we go in and we just like I talked, we talked about at the beginning of the interview. When we get up each morning and we put God's word in, Jesus told us in John seventeen seventeen that he asked the father to give us truth and his word is truth. And so we're to put that in and that truth is to help just strengthen our lives. When Jesus ascended to the father, the right hand of the father, he left us with two things, the Holy Bible, and he left us with the Holy Spirit. So we've got the scriptures and the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us each day. And so we do have to do that. We have to intentionally replace the lies that Satan wants us to believe about ourselves, about others, about our lives, with what God's word has to say, which is positive, hope-filled, encouraging, and inspiring.
1: You know, for some of us that like to be in control, oftentimes called control freaks, you know, one of the hardest things that we can do is accept the things we can't change. If we don't like something, we want to make the change, want to maybe get better or improve things. But sometimes this just isn't a reality, I guess you can say, especially when God wants us in these places. So I'd ask you, what advice or maybe some encouragement or words that you might want to share that would give someone or that you'd share with someone when it comes to people accepting things that they can't change?
0: Well, son, now you're talking about the most challenging step, at least for me, in the courage step. And that is the A step, accept the things we cannot change. And what I really love is the serenity prayer by Reinhold Niebuhr, where he says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And so when we go to take this step, there's things that we Well, we know there's certain things we cannot change, and we need to learn how to accept those. For example, I couldn't change my husband. I couldn't change my kids. I couldn't change every little thing I wanted to change about my life. I couldn't change my past, but I could change how I perceive my past or how I allow it to impact my future. I could change myself. And when we change ourselves, others around us begin to change. Because we implement good, healthy habits and good, healthy attitudes. And so we look at and say throughout Courage for Life and the work we do with women, we just challenge and say, let's look at the things we can't change that we need to accept. Let's look at the things we can change and begin to make those necessary changes.
1: Does there have to be a little bit of caution so that people don't get complacent and do the necessary things. Like you mentioned, you can change perception of your past, you can change your perspective on things. But sometimes people will be like, "Um, I just can't change it. So therefore, I throw my hands up in the air and just whatever happens happens. I guess there has to be a little bit of balance that you don't get to the point of where you just give up.
0: That well, that's correct. Every situation has to be Talked about and identified, for example, the girls we work out if they're incar- work with if they're incarcerated, they can't change their living conditions at that point in time. You know, they've made some poor decisions, but what they can change is how they perceive themselves because so many of them are walking around; um, they're emotionally imprisoned, and you know, this is really a place where God can truly set us free. There are times that we we beat ourselves up a whole lot more sometimes than others beat us up. And um, we have that emotional damage. So God will set us free if we surrender and and allow that freedom to come in. So it's really critical to take, take those steps and know what I can change. And is it my attitude? Is it my perception of my situation? Um, I might be in a job that... I really think this is just not the place for me. How come God has not gotten me out of here yet or given me another job? Well, you know, God may have you there for a reason. And so maybe your perception of this situation, you may, you may be there to witness to or to nurture or to change a culture or an environment or or stand up for your faith. It may be a, a, a challenge that uh, that you're facing, but um there's a reason for everything. So yes, each situation and circumstance has to be looked at to say, is there something that God's calling me to change? How am I going to change it? How am I going to overcome these obstacles, the O-step, and uncover my true self in the midst of this? And then what are those things that I simply need to accept and move on?
1: Ann White is with us, founder and executive director of Courage for Life. Also, the author of the book, Courage for Life, Discover a Life Full of Confidence, Hope, and Opportunity. And um, my profession right now is teaching. As a professor, one of the biggest things I like to tell my students is to enjoy the ride of life. Oftentimes, I know I was in a big hurry to get to that finish line, reach my goals, accomplish my dreams. And so we kind of rush through life. And maybe that's what gets us kind of overwhelmed that we're talking about in the beginning of the interview. We kind of feel like we're taking on too much. We're in over our heads And we don't stop and smell the roses, so to speak, or learn to appreciate the journey. So one strategy that you write about in the book is about finding joy in our journey. Can you tell us about that?
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, you're so right. This is an area, all of my friends and anyone who knows me well knows that I have a very driven, very almost hyper personality, and I just go, 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 and Satan knows when he wants to distract me, he gets me busy. And that is the one way that he can keep me um, from doing the things that I need to do, which is slowing down and smelling the roses. It's, it's making sure that I set time aside when I get up in the morning to have that quiet time that starts my day. Sometimes I have to just make, be intentional about this because God wants us to enjoy this journey of life. He not only saved us for eternity, he saved us for the here and now, and he wants us in a place where we can enjoy the life that he's created and purposed us for. The only way we can do that is to begin, sometimes we have to clean our plate. We have to look and say, what's on my plate? What needs to come off? Where I need to make room? And allow those God appointments, time with him and time with others that he directs into our path. So it is truly, and again, I said this before, but it's about keeping our hands open and saying, okay, Lord, I really want you to direct my path because he will take us on an adventure if we allow him to, that we could never think of, dream of, or imagine. He tells us that we can do all things in Christ who strengthens us, and he will truly prepare us for anything he calls us to do, even if it's making a difficult change in our life.
1: The book is Courage for Life, Discover a Life Full of Confidence, Hope, and Opportunity. Anne White, the author, is with us. We've been talking about the book and just kind of overcoming things that have make, make us feel like we're being overwhelmed in this world. And, and so uh, it's definitely a book to check out. Now, and another thing that you're a part of that I'd like to talk to you about or ask you about anyways is this first all-female audio Bible app okay, so it's a Bible app where people can tap on the app and they hear the Bible, but it's all female voices. What's the significance of the audio Bible app being all female?
0: Well, Son, this came to us through our work with at-risk women, our work um, with women who are struggling from past trauma, abuse, sex trafficking, so forth and so on. And as we you know, reach these women or, or and, and strive to reach these women, We know that God's word brings hope and healing, encouragement and inspiration. We know that is the foundation for life change and heart change is that to get them into God's word. But so often uh, you take women in crisis pregnancy centers who have several children. You know, they're seeking, uh, they want to raise their own kids, but they're on their own. They're sleeping on couches. The kids are, you know, they're just struggling. Women in battered women's shelters or sex trafficking, uh, safe houses and so forth are really struggling. And so we knew, number one, we needed to get them a Bible, an audio Bible, one that they that was a common language translation. So we worked with Tyndale to get the New Living Translation available. And then we also knew one other thing. It is so important when you're working with at-risk women, whether they're in facilities or they're incarcerated, that you, that you have gender-specific treatment. Now, women that are healing from trauma, abuse, neglect, And mental health issues need other women to speak into their lives, because often a man's voice will remind them of their abuser. So we began searching for a women's audio Bible, not one that was dramatized, but one that was soothing voices, uh, women that you could just sit down and you could just listen for long lengths of time. And we couldn't find one. So when we did that, I just looked at our team and I said, I can't believe this, this resource is not already available we need to get on our knees and pray about it and see if God's calling our team to do this with Courage for Life. So um, we got together with a Grammy-nominated uh, producer out of Burbank, California, A. McByrum. He played Moses in The Prince of Egypt. He's this incredible guy, and he went through, I think it was close to 100 auditions and chose 12 women for the New Testament, and that's what we're releasing right now at CourageForLife.org. We're releasing those Courage for Life Bible app with the New Testament with 12 women from all walks of life, from different ethnic backgrounds, different age groups, reading God's Word. Each one takes a book or two and reads through that New Testament, and we have just finished recording eight books in the Old Testament, getting ready to do the commentary to that as well, and We're just, we cannot be more excited. As a matter of fact, we've done a text back campaign. And if you just text the word Bible to 62953, then you're going to get the link and be able to download that app and start listening today. We have hundreds and hundreds already listening. And our goal is to get to thousands and thousands because we know if we can get people listening to God's word on a daily basis, it will change their lives.
1: Yeah, I recently had a conversation with a mutual friend in Kathleen Cook, and we were talking about reading the Bible just four times a week can make great changes in a person's life. And a part of that conversation, we also talked about that a study um, that they conducted found that the average home has about four Bibles, and I guess we're talking about the printed Bibles here, but yet Mm -hmm. they seldom get read. So they're just sitting on the shelf, probably collecting dust or something like that. And then earlier, you and I, we were talking about kind of being overwhelmed and trying to you know battle the busy life that we have. So in our technology age that we live in, I would think that a resource like this is a great way for people to be able to hear the scripture whenever they need to or wherever they're at, especially if they're women, let's say, like you said, or anybody really for that matter, in prison, incarcerated, places of institution, things like that, where maybe a Bible isn't... uh, readily available, this is in the technology age an opportunity to reach many people.
0: It it absolutely is. And we have God has opened the doors into our prison systems. He called us to minister to women in our local jails and throughout our prison systems in the United States with a curriculum that we designed that came from the book Courage for Life. And it's an eight week curriculum that's also part of our Bible study we do. And it takes them through that eight weeks of working toward a closer relationship with the Lord. And in the process, obviously, God's word is get grounded in it, and we want to get that to them. But what we didn't realize at the time as we were working in our prison systems was that now many, many, many of our states are issuing tablets to their prisoners so that they can have content that they can learn from, and inspirational content, content that brings them hope and healing, and what more hope and healing can be brought than the Bible. So right now, two of the states here in the United States, We're uploading the Courage for Life Bible onto the tablets of inmates, both male and female, because women's voices are more soothing and nurturing by nature, and so everyone loves listening to this women's audio Bible, and many men incarcerated have been wounded by men as well in their life, and if there was ever someone who introduced them to Christ or or showed Jesus to them. It was generally their grandmother or their mother, uh, maybe a favorite aunt or someone. And so we're finding that it is such a powerful tool. So we're just getting this into two state prisons, getting ready to head into many, many more. Um, we've got a busy, busy work schedule ahead of us, but God is really faithful and opening incredible doors to make this possible.
1: Yeah, it's a very subtle but yet powerful point to, To mention that, you know, even including men have been hurt or wronged by male figures in their life. So at that point, hearing a male voice, reading scripture might be a turnoff and they might not want to be receptive to that. Uh, You know, like you mentioned with the tablets, you know, men in prison can hear the scriptures. Um, The other thing, too, when you were talking about that, you know, you just think of all the male figures that have been uh, abusive that have abandoned their kids, you know, that have, you know, struggled with addiction. You mentioned human trafficking earlier, you know, even men, you know, you, you've, you've mentioned women at risk throughout the interview, but even men have gone through a number of things that can turn them off from, you know, the gospel message, depending on the delivery and making these changes and allowing this little, you know, switch, so to speak, of just the delivery of of what they're hearing because, Ultimately, it's the message of the scripture that's going to reach them. And so if you can provide an opportunity where they will open and be receptive to hearing that message, then you've got the end. That's where the seed can get planted, and then that's where God can grow.
0: That, that is that is so true. We, uh, You know, it, 20 people per minute are physically abused by an intimate partner, 20 people per minute. And it leads to all kinds of issues. Now, the majority of those are women, but they're also men. Um, and there are men that are being, you know, victimized by fathers and relatives and so forth at young ages, um, fatherless homes. And so, yes, I mean, it's the, the nurturing nature of a woman's voice really brings hope and healing. And when we impact a woman for Christ, the majority of the time we're impacting entire family because she's going to share it with the children in her family. You're, you're impacting children. Uh, For every incarcerated woman we work with, 60% have minor children. Um, And so we're impacting those children at the same time. And then also their husbands or significant others or, you know, other family members in their lives are impacted because women, Uh, And men too, you know, but women even more so are just, we're compelled to be that nurturing quality and we want to care. We want to take care. And so we're going to share it. If there's something that heals our soul, we're going to go back and we're going to share it and spread the good news.
1: Ann White is with us. And Ann, you've been involved in so many projects over the years, uh, doing interviews like this one. You've been writing books like Courage for Life, involved in this all-female audio Bible app, and so much more that you've been a part of. When you reflect on the things that God has had you be a part of, uh, it has to be an amazing feeling, first off, to know that you've been a part of it, but for those that might not be able to author a book or be involved in a full-time ministry, we can look for little things, can't we, in our lives to make an impact? Uh, Any ideas that uh, might get people started to making an impact in their own little life circles? Most
0: definitely. you know, God calls us all to be disciples. But, you know, let me just say this. Um, If you'd have asked me seven years ago, would I be doing the things that I've done over the last five, six years, um, or even what I'm doing today, even speaking to you today, I would have just burst out laughing. I said, there's no way. Number one, I was shy. I was introverted. I I was hiding all of my issues. But God can bring us out of our shell, and he has a plan. Each plan is unique, and each purpose is unique. But the more we surrender to him, he'll take us in baby steps. And it may be like you said, you know, my first thing was just starting a little Bible study in my house. And then it went, you know, Wednesday nights. And then I moved it to the church because it got a little larger. And, you know, that was seven, eight, nine years ago. It starts out small. And if you allow those opportunities and you allow God to start leading your path, you will be astonished and amazed of what he'll allow you to do and what he'll equip you to do. Like I said, I would have never been qualified to do the things that he's got me doing today uh, were it not for I just fully surrendered and allowed him to qualify me.
1: And would you share with us what Jesus means to you and how someone who might be listening can have Christ come into their life today?
0: Oh, most definitely. You know, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, number one, first and foremost. Um, but he's my daily Partner in life, he's my daily friend. He walks with me, he talks to me, he shares life with me. Um, I'm in communication with him all the time, and you know I can face it. Just gives me strength and courage for my day. You know, I often tell everybody, courage is not something that you just automatically, you know, you get, you gain it, and all of a sudden you've got it for the rest of your life. It's just like Elijah. One day he was on top of the mountain, you know, slaying all of the prophets of Baal. The next day he's running for his life from Jezebel, begging God to take his life. We have to get up each morning and allow God to be a part of our lives. And so if any one of your listeners has not surrendered their life to Christ, it is as simple as saying, Father, I give you my life. I surrender my heart and soul to you, Lord. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior because we all are, and I need you to come in and save me, Lord. I can't do this without without you. And just asking the Lord to come in and be your Lord and Savior, confessing your sins and surrendering your life and saying, I want to walk with you daily, Lord. That is the only thing you need to do to start this journey of faith and this amazing walk with the Lord, your creator, the one who designed
1: you. Anne White, founder of executive director of Courage for Life, author of the book, Courage for Life, Discover a Life Full of Confidence, Hope and Opportunity. The website is courageforlife.org. Uh, Anne, thanks for sharing with us today. Anything else you'd like to share before we wrap it up? Any new projects on the horizon? And it sounds like you're already busy enough, but I'm sure <laughs> if you're like most creative people and in working in ministry, there's always the next thing on the horizon.
0: Well, there is. We're still trying to complete the Old Testament, and so we're diligently working with our donors and our supporters to fundraise for those last 31 books uh, of the Old Testament. And, you know, I will be in the recording studio all next week. I actually recorded the commentary portion of the Bible, which is, you know, the introduction. I I really—I'm a Bible teacher at heart, so I like to set the stage for a book of the Bible— and so before each book of the Bible, and we've recorded this portion, there's uh, a commentary portion that just gives you the it sets the stage. It gives you the context in which the book was written, who wrote it, why they wrote it, what was the original audience, what was the purpose, and how do you go about reading that? And then at the end of each book, I issue a challenge, because, you know, if we just read God's Word for head knowledge and don't apply it to our lives, then— It's not going to make that change in our lives that we need it to make. So at the end of each book of the Bible, I issue a challenge and walk through those seven steps of courage and say, where are the areas in this book of the Bible that God has challenged you to be courageous? And I pull out scriptures and say, specifically, how will you apply this to your life? And so that we're doing, I'll be in the studio recording more of the Old Testament next week, just as a commentary portion. We've had our actresses recording some of the books that we've been fundraising for, and then in addition to that, we have a print Bible coming out because I, I love print Bibles. I mean, I love my audio Bible. I'm listening to it in the morning when I'm getting ready or in the car, but I also like to take notes and study from my print Bible. So we have a Courage for Life print Bible that will be coming out with Tyndale House Publishing Company by the end of this year. So that's going on. It's a huge project, um, and we're constantly, you know, going into our local jails and prison systems and expanding the work that we do there, as well as I do some missionary work uh, in South Asia with a group of leaders there that I've been doing for about six years. So, yeah, my plate is full. But again, we talked about balance, and um, I have to do that every day. I have to say, okay, Lord, you know, you've got to help me walk through this because this is bigger than me. Thank and you. so, my greatest prayer would be that that's what everyone listening today would would just sit down and bend a knee and ask the Lord. Uh, to control their lives. So just, uh, His will be done.
1: And could you share again the, uh, the text? You text Bible and you get a link for yes, the app? Yes,
0: you, absolutely. You text the word Bible to 62953. That's 62953. And you just text the word Bible. And when you do, you're going to receive a link back where you can click for any Android or Apple device and download that app immediately Or if you're on your app store, on your Android or Apple device, and you just want to go to Courage for Life Bible, you can download it there and check our website out. Check our local missions and our international missions and everything we're doing. And then if you feel compelled, if the Lord leads you to uh, help support us in our finishing this amazing project, it's critical. We've got to get this into the hands of these inmates and and all the at-risk women and really We had someone contact us from New Zealand just today. Uh, They're listening to it over there. So this is a tool that can go around the world that can inspire and encourage people in God's Word. So we encourage you to go to courageforlife.org and find out how you can be a part of this transforming project.
1: Ann White, thanks so much for sharing your time with us and for just sharing what you're doing about the app and the Courage for Life and things like that. We really appreciate it. And our prayers with you as you guys continue to move forward in your ministry.
0: Thank you, Son. It's wonderful to be with you and all of your listeners. Have a wonderful rest of the day.
1: You too. Thank you so much. Again, Ann White, founder and executive director of Courage for Life. The website is courageforlife.org. I'd like to thank you for listening. And until next time, God bless.